TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joe Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. That's right, two guys, one Mike, the coach, John Cohn, that's me, J.B. Jordan, Fernfield, that's two, it's a passionate, yet lighthearted sports show. Jordan, are you the passionate one, are you the lighthearted one, or possibly a little of both? I'm probably a little of both, but really? a little of nothing as well. <laughs> Is that what you put in your uh, singles ads? Yeah, well, the singles ads, it's just, please go out with me, there's really nothing desirable. Looking to take a... If you like long walks, going to movies, and nice dinners with a passionate yet lighthearted sports talk host, yeah, it, Jordan Burnfield is available. The best way to reach him, 888-463-6748. If you have a lot of patience and you're willing to go out with somebody where you could either be loving it or absolutely hating it, but you're willing to sit there for an hour, then you can go out with me. A man, uh, David Olson, our producer, a man, Jordan, who loves to talk sports, but not necessarily exercise. I believe the last time you exercised was about a year ago when you exercised your right to vote on Election Day. I did exercise my Thank right to vote. Thank you very much. And I was very excited about that. It was a very <laughs> stressful workout. I had a big sweat going before I put those checks down on the ballot sheet. What's the old expression? The guy's so lazy he won't even walk down the path of least resistance. <laughs> <laughs> David Olson is our producer today, the bodyguard. David Olson, the strong and silent one on the other side of the glass. Jordan Birdfield and the coach, John Cohn, with you. Lots to talk about at your mid-morning sports report. Here we call this show Two Guys at a Mic, even though we actually have two mics, but... Yeah, well, like radio's it, theater of the mind. Like I said yesterday, it's not the Ringo and or it's not George and John and the Beatles. You know, we're not singing harmonies. It's it's two mics, which is good because we have a little space. Mm-hmm. You know, not too much, not too close to each other, which is always a good thing. Absolutely, we are on the TalkZone.com. It's the third day of this brand new show. Thank you so much for joining us. We much much appreciate each and every. Listener, that is out there. We got lots to talk about. It's a one-hour program only, and uh, clearly, JB at a ten o three Central Time on a beautiful, beautiful Wednesday morning here in the fine city of Chicago. The World Series game number six is on tonight, and I think people are starting to get into it a little bit. I would expect viewership outside of Philadelphia and New York to be significantly up. Big game tonight. Yeah, it's a huge game tonight, and this is a game, of course, people like to watch the game in which somebody wins a championship. And now, you know, you've got the Yankees a game away from winning a championship, and if the Phillies are able to win tonight, then tomorrow becomes the Mm -hmm. ultimate game. So I think that even a casual sports fan, no matter what the sport is, when you know that the championship is on the line, you're going to watch it. And I think that people were kind of slow to warm up to this series because the Yankees jumped out to that big lead in the series 3-1. Well, it's, it's also hard to warm up to the series when they're playing and it's like 45 <laughs> yeah. degrees. In. And it's freezing out, which which does make a big difference. But I think that now that it's getting towards the end, we've seen some great matchups. We've seen some historic performances out of a Chase Utley, which we mentioned yesterday. I think tonight it really He's sets Mr. up. November. He is. It sets up. <laughs> For a great game tonight, and potentially, if there is a game tomorrow, 
an amazing storyline heading into tomorrow. Yeah, the pitching matchup, a couple of uh, aged veterans. Andy Pettit going for the New York Yankees. He's pitched, what, about 37 years now? I think 45 years. I think as an 8-year-old kid I had Andy Pettit, and <laughs> yeah. I'm uh, 50-something. So he goes back a ways. And speaking of aged and veteran, but uh, pretty darn good, a Hall of Famer probably in the future, Pedro Martinez. Yeah. It's still a little weird watching Pedro Martinez or looking at him in a Philadelphia Philly jersey, but there he is, Game 6 of the World Series. Yeah, it is weird to watch him in a Philly uniform, but I think that for Pedro, this was such an important comeback for him. The way he's pitched down the stretch for the Phillies, the way he's pitched in the postseason for the most part, had a little bit of a rocky start his last time out, but Pedro Martinez could maybe pitch a couple more years in the big leagues, and when he was out of baseball at the beginning of this year, you just kind of felt like that shouldn't be how Pedro goes out. And he even said in his press conference yesterday how blessed he felt to be a member of this Phillies team and what it's meant for him, not only in his career, but just personally to get back out on the mound and, and see that he can still perform at a high level. And it's always great theater when you have Pedro pitching in the Bronx because of how much the Yankee fans sort of love him and hate him at the same time, and the atmosphere that'll be in the Yan- in the new Yankee Stadium tonight mm-hmm. should be electric. It should just be fantastic to mm-hmm. watch him go. Game six, six thirty Central Time. Did I catch that right? Which I think means the game out in New York is starting at five thirty. I think it's actually a seven fifty seven Eastern first pitch, so six fifty seven Central. Ah, okay. You know how it is. They kind of don't okay. start exactly on time. They've got to have some. Fox promotional singer do the yes. national anthem and well the pregame show I think starts at two fifteen yeah and Ozzy Guillen will be making some colorful comments for three and a half hours in the pregame show beep. yeah beep. <laughs> isn't it great though to have Ozzy out there really I mean regardless of what he says he's just such a fun personality mm-hmm. that I think that it's good for the nation to be more sort of reintroduced to Ozzy Guillen if they didn't know him already because. Us being here in Chicago, we know Ozzy Guillen. We know what a fun and colorful and crazy personality he is. But I think for the national scene to get to be, you know, seeing him on a full-length basis mm-hmm. for the last couple of weeks is is good because it not only promotes him and the White Sox, but it shows another great personality in baseball that some people might not know. If you're watching the World Series, if you're following it, maybe tonight's going to be the first game you're going to catch. You want to talk some World Series baseball. It starts heating up tonight. Game six. Our phone lines are wide open here at thetalkzone.com. You can reach us at 888-463-6748, or we are email accessible at Mike. Two guys at AOL.com. Remember, Mike is spelled M-I-C and the number two. Mike, two guys at AOL.com. JB and the coach at your service. Two guys and a Mike. Uh, real quick on Ozzy again. I think it was a gutsy thing for Fox to hire him. Yep. A little bit. Yep. Taking a chance. I haven't heard a lot. I haven't watched a whole lot of the World Series. I'm kind of tuning in maybe like eighth and ninth inning. Right. As a true sports talk radio host professional that I am. <laughs> Thank you very much. But uh, the little bit I've heard from Ozzy, pretty good. But they gambled, and I think it was a good gamble. Yeah, I mean, the one thing you worry, of course, is that the guy's going to swear on the air, which no, would be bad. not Ozzy. All right. I mean, I'm, maybe they have like a 30-second delay going in the World mm-hmm. Series. Who knows? But they Actually, if you look closely, they have a guy behind Ozzy that's got like a big button with <laughs> yeah. a dump. Right. And he just follows him around. Right. right. Behind, he usually hides behind him, but. Right. He might as well be. But I think that Ozzy has really done a good job. I think he's been entertaining. He's been interesting. Um, I think that 
one of the gambles is that sometimes it's hard to understand them. And I understand it pretty well because I've got to go to a lot of White Sox games this year and listen to them talk a lot. And so mm-hmm. you get used to it when you're around them a lot. And I understand them a lot better now than I did before. Having said that, though, it might be hard for some people yeah. who don't know Ozzy, don't listen to Ozzy often, to understand him. And I think that he's been fairly clear in his words. He's been funny. He's been interesting. I think that his interplay with Chris Rose and Eric Karros has been entertaining to watch. I just think that he's done a really nice job, and it's it's been fun to, to get to see him do that. Very difficult for me to understand him a lot because, uh, as you know, I have a, a little bit of hearing loss. So I got the whole hearing aid thing going. So between his dialect, and the quickness of his speech in my hearing, it's not a good combo. <laughs> you know what, though? I catch about one every four words. You know what? It still makes sense. As long the guy as, knows his baseball. You know what? For Fox, as long as one of those four words is in four letters and something <laughs> they have to bleep, they're happy that you that you can hear at least one. Uh, Reminds me of the blind golfer and the deaf golfer who played together in the same twosome. Yeah. And the, the uh, uh, blind golfer hits the golf ball and he quickly asks, where'd it go? And the deaf golfer says, what'd you say? <laughs> By not the way, necessarily a good combo. Uh, it's not. By the way, the fact that we now have television screens in this studio, yes, it's a great thing uh, because we can obviously monitor anything. And if there's any breaking news to report, well, you and I can, of course, do that. See, for you, it's a great thing, but I do worry when the big dog Joel Radwanski, who theoretically, oh, uh, he's done, is going to be partner number two of the two guys and a mic. Joel has many, many positives, but he has a few deficiencies, one of which is a slight attention span problem. Yes. So the fact, first of all, he's going to switch from ESPN. He's going to, first of all, see if they got, like, you know, one of those other networks. Yeah. The adult entertainment network. Like a Skinamax on for him in the morning. Yeah. So I guarantee about 20 minutes into the show after Joel has already talked about all he wants, the final four minutes he will be severely distracted. Well, it's like when I produce over at at WGN when we're in the showcase studio that's out on Michigan Avenue. One of the things I always worry about as a producer is that the guys are going to be paying attention the whole time and not looking at the pretty women that are walking down Michigan Avenue, which which is often what happens. But one of the things I'm noticing this morning, and I don't know if you saw this last night, Coach, I got probably 30 text messages or phone calls last night after Division II Lemoyne took down my Syracuse yes. Orange How about in that? a ex- exhibition game. Now, put it this way. Thank God it was exhibition because that is a terrible loss. Mm-hmm. But let me just say this. When I went to Syracuse, in each of the four years I went to school there, I think that we beat LeMoyne by roughly 50 points every time we played them. It was an exhibition game the first of the year. Mm-hmm. We'd wipe the floor with this team. I mean, listen, they're a fairly solid Division Two team. But Division Two, when we had good players, we were creaming them. Now we lose Johnny Flynn. We lose Paul Harris. We lose Devendorf. We lose to LeMoyne, and they've got LeMoyne's head coach on ESPN2 <laughs> right now to discuss the game. It was the lead story on SportsCenter. Steve I wanted Evans, to go away. head coach of LeMoyne, David Olson, the bodyguard, a fine producer. Maybe you can give... Uh... University of LeMoyne, a call, see if we can get the head coach. If we can't oh, get God. the head coach, we'll take the assistant coach. If we can't get the assistant coach, we'll take the equipment manager. We'll take oh, anybody. God. Maybe you know, the assistant athletic fitness trainer. You know, a young Jordan Preferably Burnfield. Preferably a female, by the way. A young Jordan Burnfield started his broadcast career by having to head out to LeMoyne and covering really? random sporting Where events. Where is LeMoyne, by the way? It's in Syracuse, and it's probably 10 minutes from ah. the SU campus. Well, that, no matter what happens to LeMoyne the rest of the season. When they have their banquet at the end of the year, you know, we may have finished 3-19, and 19, guys. Yeah. 
and three guys quit the team. Two guys were thrown off for disciplinary action. We lost two assistant coaches for dating cheerleaders. It was a tough year, but we beat Syracuse in the exhibition game. I know. Well, it's funny because they had a they had a reporter after the game go up to one of the players on Lemoyne and say, "This game didn't count, but what does it mean to you?" And the kid goes, "I don't care if it counted or not. This is the biggest yeah. win that I've had since I've been here." If you're a mid listener out there, you're a Lemoyne. What's their nickname? The Dolphins. I'm amazed you know that. A Lemoyne Dolphin basketball fan. Uh, dial it up. Talk some college basketball. 888-463-6748. Our phone number. Again, you can email us at mike2guys at aol.com. And just to put that in context, real quick as we head into our first break here, uh, typically the college hoops teams now have been, they've been practicing close to two weeks. And what they do before the regular game start is they will bring in a little cannon fire. Yep. A little exhibition basketball, and it's nice for the team. You know, it used to be what athletes in action, right? They have well, they have the midnight madness too. They've got a bunch of things that right. go on. Right, but we're kind of the... done with that now. They right. but but typically teams will play a couple of games against uh, either affiliated or non-affiliated teams. Again, athletes in action used to be one of the popular ones. Right, uh, seniors, uh, senior citizens without. Uh, Canes, I think, was one of the teams they used to play. <laughs> Actually, I think Kansas last night played Fort Hayes State yeah, or something, and they won by 60 points. But there's nothing wrong with that. It's very cool for the uh, the team that's invited, and it's good practice. You're tired against scrimmaging against the same guy. But but you never lose, right? Right. I've never, and, and I read that little story in the paper. I'm glad you brought that up. I forgot to make a note of that. God bless LeMoyne. They knock off Jimmy Beheim in Syracuse. Ugh, it's just, it was a rough night last night. I, the number of messages that I received on my phone, my email. It's nice to know you're loved, huh? You lost to LeMoyne. You guys stink. <laughs> Terrible year for Syracuse. This is misery. I, I couldn't believe it. I didn't watch the game. I mean, it, first of all, it wasn't on here, but why would anybody watch that game? You'd figure it was no contest. By the way, speaking of college basketball, my good friend JB here, partner number two with two guys and a mic today. You will be uh, doing some pre- and post-game for University of Illinois Chicago basketball. You got the gig this year? Oh, yeah. Thank you for the the free plug. Yeah, we, uh, the men's games will be on ESPN Radio in Chicago here, mm-hmm. and then I'll be doing the women's basketball play-by-play, which can be heard on a number of different facets, but UICflames.com uh, mm-hmm. and the Horizon League Network, the main two places to get And you games. also have a, uh, not a web, but a blog spot, right? I do have a Still blog. Still trying to figure out all the terms. Yeah, but... I have a blog. It's uh, burningonsports.com, so if anybody wants to check that out, be, be uh, I'd be happy to have Burn you. Burnfield. Burning on sports. Yeah, you got it. I think I got it. Yeah. So, what's anyway, the topic today? Let's what's up there? People check it out today. Well, right now, anything we, controversial? Uh, not well, kind of. I don't know. Uh, we we have a post that's up there right now called Connect Four, where the four guys, including myself, that write for the site, we all have our quick opinions on three different sports topics today. Mm-hmm. Um, later today, there's going to be another post called Hump Day Headlines, where I go over called some what? Hump Day Headlines. It's Wednesday. For a second, I thought you said hump the headlines. Yeah, well, I, I, you could do that if you'd like to, but we don't necessarily encourage that. Hump day headlines, uh, where we <laughs> talk about different things that are going on in this Wednesday. That's I know times are post. tough in the world of journalism, but yeah. hopefully newspapers will not get so desperate as to have a hump the headline day. Right. Let's hope that's not down the road. Things could, could get be. ugly the in the newspaper, world of newspapers. Yeah, though. the newspapers are struggling. Oh, it Lord. It could happen. All right, we're going to take a quick break. we got to talk some more World Series baseball. A couple of the Philadelphia Philly players got into it a little bit. Yeah. A little in-house fighting. we got to talk about that. Two veterans on the mound tonight. Game six. 
I'm rooting for the Phillies just so that we can see a Game 7. We'll talk some World Series baseball when we come back. 888-463-6748, the phone number. Mike, two guys at AOL.com, the way to email us. David Olson, our producer, says to take it a break. You don't argue with Dave. He's strong, he's silent, and he has a look like he could tear your head off. Time to get back to Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. Once again, here's the coach, John Cone. And we are back at the TalkZone.com. Hey, before we uh, forget real quick, Jordan, we're doing a show tomorrow from 11 to 12 Central Time. Now, our Two Guys and a Mic mid-morning sports show here is going to be on every Monday through Friday, 10 in the morning to 11 Central Time, out east for your lunchtime show from 11 to 12, and out west, uh, wake up with two guys and a mic. Yeah. What better way to wake up? That's good. So tomorrow, two hours, and uh, is this is this going to be a normal Thursday thing, or just... Might be some people out there who think it's better to wake up with two mics and one guy. <laughs> I would prefer two guys and a mic, but whatever your taste might be. Sorry, I got distracted. What? If you, I said... I well, was all thinking about the people on the West Coast waking up with me. As, I, as, as a, I got distracted. That's a great thought to have. Yes. However, what I would say is that if you're going to have an hour tomorrow... <laughs> Is this, this, you're well, going to have two hours tomorrow. Different show. Different show. Different show. So tell us about this. Well, thank you for asking. <laughs> <laughs> Thursdays from 11 to 12. But again, now we got to go to Central Time, Mountain Time, Pacific Time, and all 11 to 12 Central Time. We are going to do a show once a week okay. on Thursdays dedicated strictly to youth sports. I like it. Taking a chance. I, quite frankly, I don't know if it's going to work or not. It's going to take some effort to contact people, but and not high school sports. Because there's a lot of high school sports out there. The high, I'm assuming Chicago area is similar to other at least big cities, and even smaller cities. I, I think, in Texas, high school sports are king. I mean, they're huge. Yeah. So high, high school sports have kind of taken off. There's blogs now. There's TV shows. Uh, you know, not that it gets the coverage the pros do. But and you're a high school sports broadcaster. I am indeed. But there's a fair amount of coverage for high school kids. This is going to be youth sports, like kindergarten through eighth grade. We could be talking soccer. We could be talking the maniacs that run the hockey associations. We could be talking youth swimming, baseball, all the interesting stories that are associated with the very expansive, huge world of youth sports. I know parents that have kids, you're, they're involved in it, and, and a lot of times it's it's not the number one thing in their life, but it's a big part of their life. We thought we'd tap into that a little bit, uh, uh, the funny stories, the sad stories, the dramatic stories, controversial questions, answers, that kind of thing. Youth Sports Fan Forum every Thursday from 11 to 12. That sounds good. I will have to tune in. Don't kowtow to me now. I will. I will. I will try to tune in. Yes, I mean it's uh, you know it's something that I think is is very unique. Now, as I've a young a baseball like player, as we uh, uh, transfer into World Series baseball talk, I know you played baseball as a high school kid. I'm assuming you were 
Don the Little League uniform in beautiful Deerfield, Illinois. Any stories you can remember back in your Little League days, positive, negative, or anywhere in the vast in between? Oh, yeah. I mean, it would, youth sports were a huge part of my life. I mean, it was just, you know, I, I, honestly, I think it's amazing these parents and siblings who drive their kids around to all these games all over the place, drag their siblings around all over. It's a huge part of a kid's life when you're playing for a team, whether it, no matter what sport it is. And in baseball, you know, when you're when you're playing a house league and a travel schedule, you may have had 50, 60 games in, in only a few months. And so it was a lot of games, and, and I had a great time with it. And I actually, my best story from that is that I – uh, I think I was 14, and it was my last year of playing house league baseball. And uh, I had had tendonitis in my elbow and my shoulder, and I couldn't pitch. How, how old at this time? Uh, 14 about. 14, okay. And so the first couple of months I couldn't really pitch, but I really wanted to mm-hmm. come back for a house league game against one of my best friends. And Had you hit puberty yet? Uh, yeah, I mean, I was, right. I was get, you know, kind of at that age where I think I had like, uh, you know, my growth plate was okay. still trying to grow and it was kind of messing up my arm and whatever. Not, you were one of those guys like shaving at the age of 13. No, right, no. Just checking. Yeah. So I, uh, I was trying to get back to pitch this game and I really wasn't healthy enough, but I went out to pitch and I remember my, my friend came up to the plate. It was like our big confrontation in the first inning and I somehow got the first two guys out, and this guy just blasted a home run off of me. So you're pitching against one of your best buddies. Right. It was so far, Coach. It was a demoralizing home run. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was onto the next field. It went over the fence. Did you make eye contact with him as he's running around the bases? He was laughing, going around <laughs> the bases, and I was embarrassed because I tried so hard to come back for this game, and he just homered off me. Mm-hmm. And then I came up to bat against him, and he threw me four knuckleballs, and they were all outside, and I took a walk. But that that's, you know, we were teammates in travel baseball for so long. Mm-hmm. But on the, you know, in the house league in Deerfield, it, we were mm-hmm. opponents, and it was such a fun experience to get to face each other, even though I came up on the short end of the stick. And that's what's so great about playing sports when you're uh, that's that age. an example of the kind of stuff we'll be talking about. Again, that show, the Youth Sports Fan Forum, is going to be on Thursdays. Following our show tomorrow, Seth Gruen, by the way, is going to be our guest with two guys at a mic tomorrow. But um, we'll be doing that 11 to 12 o'clock on thetalkzone.com. Brand new show once a week, each and every Thursday. Uh, there's a guy playing tonight who's rounded the bases a few times. I don't know if he's hit home runs off his best friends. I doubt it, but Chase Utley oh, for the man. Philadelphia Phillies has been the star. Game six tonight at New York. I'm sure they're going to be getting after the chaser when he comes up to bat. But uh, he has been on fire, and he needs to carry the Philly. He he does, and he's been outstanding. And, and it's really, it says something about the Phillies that Ryan Howard could be struggling so much in this World Series. And he struck out. I think he's tied the record for most strikeouts in a postseason or the World Series or something to that nature uh, already. And Chase Utley has just been killing fastballs. And just and he, hit, he even hit a C.C. Uh, Sabathia slider out of the park. I mean, he has been so locked in. Has he gone in this opposite field yet? You know, everyone I've seen has been pulled. Yeah, I don't think he's gone oppo, but I think he's just so locked in on the fastball right now that he's been crushing it to right and right center. And I, I would think if you're the Yankees, that you have to stop pitching to him or at least pitching around him. You can't just let him beat you. If, mm-hmm. if the Phillies do come back to win this World Series. 
The biggest storyline might be the Yankees' stubbornness in continuing to pitch to him when he has clearly beaten you already with five home runs, but just crushing you in this series. They got to mm-hmm. stop pitching to him. Uh, and there's also the if if the Phillies come back and win two at Yankee Stadium, brand new New York Yankee Stadium. Uh, there Which will also be the controversy. Hmm? That new stadium, gorgeous stadium. Oh Still called God. Yankee Stadium, It is, right? yeah. It looks like the old No sponsors yet? It's not like the TalkZone.com Yankee Stadium? It's not, but okay. trust me, they've got plenty of sponsors in that place. It's uh, There's an ad everywhere, but it's it's gorgeous. I mean, it's really, really well done. It's a little too swanky for a baseball stadium to me, mm-hmm. though. Have it's, you noticed, by the way, how Fox Sports, that we complimented them with the hiring of Ozzie Guillen, but have you noticed... And again, uh, baseball fans out there, if we talk the World Series, now remember, it could be tonight, it could be tomorrow, but baseball's gonna be over, so you got your baseball fix going on. Now's the time to talk about it here on the talkzone.com. You can reach two guys at a mic at 888-463-6748. Dial it up, we'll talk some baseball. Of course, we'll go into other sports in just a minute. And our email is mike2guys at aol.com. That's M-I-C, Mike. Number two, guys at AOL.com. But uh, the pitching decisions, where one manager resting a starter going to stay on the normal four days rest, the other manager, Joe Girardi, the Yankees, say, hey, it's the World Series. We don't have a good number four pitcher. We're going to go on three days rest. That first day gamble did not work. A.J. Burnett was not sharp. It did, Yeah, it did not work. And I think, though, that Andy Pettit is a guy who has been – it just as clutch as it gets in the postseason over the course of his career. And so I think doing it with A.J. Burnett was a calculated risk by Girardi because Burnett's not all that good anyway. He's a good pitcher, <laughs> but he's not that good. I mean, he really was an overpaid starting pitcher for them who is sometimes unhittable, like he was in Game 2, and sometimes like what he was in Game 5 where he's just getting batted around. He is so inconsistent I never understood that signing from day one, and so to me, I think that Joe Girardi knows. He's a smart baseball man. He knew that that could be a big risk, and he was taking a gamble with a guy like A.J. Burnett. With Pettit, though, I think that the three days rest, you rest a little bit easier if you're Girardi because this is a guy who continues to get it done in the postseason. And considering the fact that he didn't have such a great start in Game 3, I would think that it probably means that he will pitch better tonight in Yankee Stadium in Game 6. We'll see. Mm-hmm. But I personally have thought, I think that, that Girardi has made the right decisions in the postseason by going with his three top guys and not letting a weaker starting pitcher at the end of his rotation burn him in a big game. Mm-hmm. So to me, if the Yankees win or they lose in this World Series, you can't blame Girardi for his decisions in Sometimes, terms of starting pitching. You could make the right decision and it doesn't work out. Right, of course. But at least yeah, if there you're, is the flip it, of the coin, the spin of the dice. Completely. But I think at least if you're a Yankee fan, you know, Yankee fans have been so quick to dismiss Joe Girardi as a good manager and they say, well, you know, he's got such a great team, he's just the babysitter. Northwestern University graduate. That's Thank right. you very much. Yeah, and, and we like Girardi out here, but I think a lot of Yankee fans have given him unnecessary backlash mm-hmm. for some of his moves. If they win or they lose, you can't blame Girardi, at least for pitching moves, because he's gone with his top three guys in every single game of the postseason. By the way, unnecessary backlash was the second choice for the name for this show. It came down, <laughs> we did a market survey of thousands and thousands of uh, females at local single bars. Joel did that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was And say, it came Joel down after eliminating all the possible two guys in a mic or unnecessary backlash. 
Which wouldn't be a bad call, by the way. It wouldn't be a bad call. Wouldn't be a bad call. By the way, I interrupted myself. I was going to be before putting out the phone number and stuff. Uh, and I often do this. You know, I was rudely interrupted by myself, quite frankly. But I forgot to get to the point I was trying to make. Have you noticed how Fox is sneaking in more advertisements, like between outs number two and three? Have you noticed that? Yeah, when they have like huh? the Sirius XM ad that goes across yeah. the top of no, the no, screen. No, 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 no. The announcer's actually saying something. This broadcast brought to you by Boom, 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 and also one of our sponsors, Boom, 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 Boom. And oh, I, I don't think I have I, noticed Oh, yeah. yeah. Very subtle, but they're sneaking in even more advertising so we can pay. Another mediocre shortstop, $50 million for five years. Yeah, well, I, I just remember seeing that one ad because it was it kept flashing words at the top of the screen right above the uh the graphic with the score on it, and it was so jarring that yeah. I maybe that was the goal by their ad campaign to just startle you while you're watching the game, what, and then you'll remember was it. It, it. it was serious uh, XM ah, radio, you know, because okay. they got to deal with Major League Baseball. But it was so it just kept saying like mm-hmm. talk, country, music, and all mm-hmm. these words just kept flashing up on screen, and I thought I was going to go schizophrenic with all these things flashing in my face. But so you got you got you got visual sponsorship now. You yeah. Got- Verbal sponsorship. They got the green screen covered with uh, graphics behind the plate. That's just how it is. I guarantee you, in what, five years? Players will be sponsored. The NFL will be first. Yeah, I think it's, well, I just think it's that, I think it's moving that way because you see in European soccer, the jerseys all have logos in the front. They don't even have the team name anymore. There's the the pass over the middle. Jake Cutler, 25-yard. Devin Hester with the catch over the middle. Devin Hester sponsored by Flashpoint. (laughs) Nobody quicker than Devin Hester. And nobody quicker than Flashpoint, your technology services company. I know. It's it's just, you know, it's, uh, it's, and and I, I noticed because one of my buddies is a, is, is originally from Britain and he has, He's a big European soccer fan, and he used to wear this Arsenal jersey mm-hmm. from the European Champions League team or whatever they are. And it, the front of the jersey has an has an O2 on it. And so I kept joking with him. I was like, "What are you just a huge fan of Oxygen? Like, what? Why are you wearing a jersey that says O2? I guess it's some company out there. Mm-hmm. It's not their logo. And then it, and then they changed their jersey, and it now says Fly Emirates across the front. <laughs> And now taking the field, the Fly Emirates oh, Arsenal. Lord. It just, you know, it's that's where it's gone. And it's all there to help pay for the players. Yeah. So while the player salaries go up, not just the star, but even the mediocre players in every sport, and the owners have to continue making their money, so you got that battle, and TV's got to do its thing, so you got all three of those cranking it up and up and up, and then it is us, the average fan, who keeps getting squished farther and farther down. A, we can't go to games anymore. Maybe we can go solo, but you can't take your family anymore. No. There's no way. It's very can't, expensive. You can't go in Chicago. You can't take kids to the Blackhawk game or the Bears game. No. You, you know, can't. this time, you know, I'm speaking, I think, for 87.5% of the people. Not not unless you're going to sit in the top row. Occasionally in the last row, they'll, mm-hmm. they'll discount tickets and give you some kind of deal. But unless you're willing to just say that you're there. Yeah. And, and sit in the last row of the house. You're right. You can't go with the family unless you want to drop five, six, seven hundred yeah. bucks. So and so and that's bad enough as it is. You can't go to the games anymore, which is very, very sad. But and then number two, when you watch the games or listen on radio, we are now uh, a inundated with commercials and sponsors, and b the breaks are a lot longer. Have you noticed in football how oh. the timeouts? It was bad enough with all the TV timeout, but the TV timeouts are longer now. I was so the, we, the fan, can't go to the game while we watch at home. 
we suffer because of all the breaks and all the sponsors. Yeah, I was at the Bears-Browns game on Sunday, and it was so boring. Oh. It was so bo- First of all, the game was boring. It was a bad football game to watch. Yeah. The Bears you wanna, were bad. You want to know Browns. the highlight of the game? Seriously, one great play. Danielle Manning's interception was phenomenal. Yes. Outside of that, the rest of the game could be put through the NFL shredder. I agree. Brutal game. Brutal execution. The, the Cleveland Browns might as well not even be in the NFL. Yeah. They're not an NFL team. Yeah. The worst part about it was not only was it boring, but it was painfully long in yes. terms of the kickoff, five-minute timeout. Yeah. Come back, three plays, yeah. timeout. Don't it forget Lovey like Smith dropping the red flag for a two out of his lost three replays, which I, is a tradition. I would like to challenge this play, referee, and I, I know that this weekend we are going to play better than <laughs> we did last week. Ugh. He's boring, besides the fact that the oh. game was boring. But that's a whole other topic. Goodness, you got the injury timeouts. It's truly unbelievable. Speaking of timeouts, we're going to take one here on, I almost said our old show. I haven't done that yet. Yeah. On the talkzone.com. Again, you can reach us via the phone, 888-463-6748. Our email, Mike2Guys at AOL.com. We're right here for you. We are every Monday through Friday, 10 till 11 central time thanks for listening we'll take a quick break back with jb and the coach here on two guys and a mic to get back to Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn. <laughs> back on the TalkZone.com, this portion of Two Guys and a Mic, brought to you by JC Sports and Tees. For all your ad specialties, imprinted sportswear, and more, check out JC Sports and Tees. Give them a call at 847 501 JB and the coach with you till 11 o'clock Central Time. Uh, and, JB, with your permission, could we head out to the phone lines, talk to one of our fine listeners? Sure, but only if it's on line 53. I was going to give you a choice. We have line 2, 7, 19, or 46. We do not have 53 lit up. Uh, the bodyguard, David Olson, our fine producer, indicating uh, with the number 1. At least I think that's the number. He's got one finger up. I'm not <laughs> sure he's signaling number 1. Yeah, I, you know, Where I, are you going? I noticed it was the middle one. I think I'd go with number 2. Line a lot of two, people right? say our show has been going number two. Yeah. Line number two it is out to Toledo. I'm assuming that's beautiful Toledo, Ohio, and it's caller Bob checking in. Bob, how are you? Coach, JB, how are you guys today? We are doing outstanding. How did you find out about the show, caller Bob? I, I, I just caught it toward the tail end of your last gig, and uh, then all of a sudden you go away on me. But then I find you again, so it was all good. Beautiful. Glad we- to have you back. I, I, I want to... I want to talk a little bit about uh, the AP and the UPS or the UP, USA Today poll and why Iowa is being dissed. Well, why do you think Iowa is being dissed? They should be higher than what they are. I feel they they've played like champions, and, and 
I think they've played better than than Alabama without a without yeah. question. Well, and I, I think at times they've played better than Florida as well with a with a slightly tougher schedule. Toledo Bob, I hate to tell you, but the main guy arguing against you, either in humor or not in humor, is the head coach of the Iowa Hawkeyes, Kirk Ferentz. They're undefeated in the Big Ten. Even Kirk Ferentz, the coach, says, "Hey, we are not a top five, even top." I don't know if he's going top ten, but he's the first to argue that they shouldn't be ranked yeah, that high. Yeah, Bob, I think that the biggest problem is that the Big Ten is just not good. It's not a good conference this year. I don't care what anybody says. You put these Big Ten teams pound for pound against teams in other conferences in the country, they're not that good. And Iowa being the best of the Big Ten doesn't mean what it used to. I mean, being the best best of the Big Ten in a down Big Ten yeah, isn't that good. When you and say- furthermore, I think... Ricky Stanzi has not been a very good quarterback. Iowa usually is winning in spite of its own mistakes every week. And so I think when you win ugly almost every week, you're winning a conference that's not very good. And you're not, you, you need to have style points in college football. I think the combination of factors is working against the Hawkeyes. And frankly, I think they might even be overrated because even though they are undefeated and that they're at the top of the conference, I would personally take a team like Boise State or Oregon over an Iowa. So I, I just is, think my question is why is Toledo Bob worried about the Iowa Hawkeye? Are you an Iowa grab, Toledo? Actually, no. I I, I follow Tulane, and and they should get rid of their coach, quite frankly. But that's just my opinion. But wait a minute. Wait, wait, ask... Let's hold on. Before you ask the next question, I got to go back now. So we got Bob from Toledo calling about Iowa, but you follow Tulane in New Orleans. Yes. Yes, that's true. Bob, uh, are you, you're not on a ledge anywhere right now, are you, Bob? Uh, not yet. All right. That's good. Be careful out there now. Stay away from the edges of buildings. Any foreign objects, either intravenously or vocally, uh, last night? I'm just trying to make sure we can calm you down and talk you down a little bit. Oh, no, no, we're all good. But uh, Iowa, if they run the table, do they have a shot at the national championship game? Uh, I, you know, if they run the table, they might. My, my if, opinion, if though. If Lemoyne beats Texas. Yeah. My, well, that's true. Yeah. My, my opinion, though, <laughs> is that Texas and Florida and Alabama are right now the three best teams. And then I'd take Boise State and mm-hmm. Oregon after wow. that. By the way, I uh, wouldn't even put Iowa in the top five. And, wow. for, and I just, listen, good for Iowa. Good for them that they're having such a great year. Good for them that they haven't lost. But every week it's like, oh, they're going to lose now. Oh, wait, they just came back and won. It's yeah. just every week they they and they there's show... nothing wrong with being number eight in the country and winning the Big Ten. By right, the way, right, it'd be a great that's, year. That's pretty darn if good. If you're Iowa, you go to the Rose Bowl. That's a great year yeah, for your program, and Kirk Ferentz deserves the credit. And for they've that. also lost uh, Toledo Bob. Here's an Iowa Hawkeye ball club that uh, has lost what? what first running back, second running back, another running back goes down. So they've had to overcome some key injuries and still having a heck of a season, even if they aren't ranked number two in the country. Right. I mean, but like, look at look at the Northern Iowa game in week one of the season when they nearly lost but had to block two field goals to win that game. Look at last week against Indiana when Ricky Stanzi threw five picks in the third quarter. Yep. I mean, granted, they won the game by, I think, 18 points. I think it was 42-24 or something like that. But still, I mean, if, in college football, you need style points regardless of what anybody says. Iowa doesn't have it, and they're in a bad conference this year, and that's why they're not going to be ranked higher. But, Bob, yeah. appreciate the call. It'll, it'll be interesting. and I'm, I'm glad you guys are back on, and I'm glad... Jordan, I've heard you before, and I really liked your style. I understand you got Seth coming in tomorrow. Yeah, that's right. Okay, uh, Coach, I've always liked you, and 
I, I'm just glad you didn't bring that other guy with you. <laughs> you talking about the big dog? No, no, uh, uh, your producer. Uh, he thought he knew everything, and he yeah. didn't know nothing. Yeah, well, you know, I was a fan of the, of the old producer. He's a good guy, but uh, the Swamp Rat, Kevin Aram, was our producer. Right. They're, they're they're all they haven't gone away. That's right. They're still over back at the old auspices at WSBC. Toledo Bob, great call. We appreciate your listening, and we'll talk to you in another six months. All right, coach. Well, thanks, Bob. Later. <laughs> From Toledo, fan of Tulane, worried about Iowa, and then he threw in that no, I'm rooting for Tulane. Very interesting. He was all over the map. He's a full-fledged college football (laughs) enthusiast. But we appreciate him checking in. Toledo Bob did. You can, too, at 888-463-6748. Emails at Mike2Guys at AOL.com. You know who he'd be a big fan of, by the way, if he was a Tulane fan? He'd be a big fan of Chicago Bears number 22, Matt Forte. Absolutely. That must be his favorite player. I I got two years of Tulane blood in me. Do you really? Freshman, sophomore year, member of the Green Wave. Wow. Actually, not a lot of the Green Wave blood left in me. Well, you could probably but go get it like a Green River. You know, Have you ever had one of those? those drinks? A couple, oh, the Green River, favorite soft drink. That's a good drink. It's the best. Yes. My kids absolutely love it. Yeah, so if you needed to has feel... nothing to do with Tulane, by the way. They don't drink Green Rivers in Tulane. They don't? No. They should. No, no, no. They should. Hurricanes. Yeah. From Pete O'Brien's. That would be the drink of choice down in uh, New Orleans. Yeah, or no, maybe not... like, do they have a drink called Katrina? Is that too soon? Well, you know, I haven't been down there since Katrina, but I, you know, I don't know. But it, you know, it's a great. New Orleans is absolutely the epitome of the great place to visit, but you don't want to live there. Yeah, I would and say after that's, spending that's two true. years at college there, that was uh, probably a year and two months too much. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. But Mardi Gras, by the way, I do highly recommend. I would love to get to Mardi Gras someday. You and your friends would definitely. Uh, Mardi Gras should be experienced one time in their life. Yes. I'd like to see our producer, David Olson, go to uh, the bodyguard. He he would protect D-O. us if huh? we went to Mardi Gras. No, I think David needs to go to Mardi Gras, Mardi Gras a little bit. Okay. You know, because we've seen the, uh, we're just getting to know David over there, the strong, silent type, the we need quiet, to see the very wild professional. Side. Huh? We need to see the wild side. I think we need a couple of hurricanes in a uh, David Olson, a couple of parades go by, a few women with uh, show me your whatever, and we see another side of our producer, Dave. <laughs> we may take a trip. What are you doing this weekend, Dave? I I think that I listen. If if I was offered a trip to to Mardi Gras, I don't want to. Take I don't want to go with you. I want to go. With I Dave. know that's that's. I'm very I'm very jealous. Yeah, I'm going to go to New Orleans. Two people I'm going to go with. A my wife. B producer David Olson. Not necessarily in that order, by the way. I was going to say you take your wife because I think Joel would be a fun person to take with you. That, to Mardi oh Gras. boy. Oh, Joel boy. would be in his element at Big Mardi dog. Gras. Is dangerous enough, and we're talking about Joel the Big. We had a lot of new listeners have no idea what Big Dog is. Big Dog is will be the regular co-host. We hope on the show. He is guy number two of two guys and a mic. If you haven't heard the artwork of the Big Dog, well, tune in via the archive, right? At TalkZone.com, you can check out show number one. A little bit of what Joel's all about. He is a passionate sports fan, but he also uh, is you know has a, has a life that is. If somebody followed him around, it could be a hit TV show. Yeah, it's true. I mean, crazy things happen. The surreal life might as well be Joel Radwanski's life. Yes. Yes. His life is crazy enough. I, I would ban- meander a guess to say that Joel and Mardi Gras, not a good combo. No. Joel may not survive. That would be like a chemical experiment gone bad. <laughs> yeah. That, that would be would like be... me in sophomore year chemistry, <laughs> mixing up chemicals. <laughs> Cone, I told you not to do that. <laughs> I... I could just not imagine Joel at Mardi Gras. But he would be in his element, that's Mm -hmm. for sure.
Best way I can describe women. Mardi Gras. We get sidetracked again, attempting to talk some sports here on thetalkzone.com. Two guys in a mic. We're going to take a quick break. But best way to describe Mardi Gras is it is a degenerates convention. Yes. Basically low life. When I say low life, I say it in only the most loving of terms because most of the people that show up there are great. But pretty degenerate group. Yes. And degenerates from all over the country gather basically for five days of like any other convention. This one pretty much is drinking and disturbing. Drinking, showing your clothing removed, etc. Absolutely. Yes. Sounds fun. Absolutely horrible. It is disgusting. It's a personal affront. <laughs> and I may head down there, March. Anybody wants to join me, uh, feel free to contact us via the email. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, if you stop sidetracking me, Jordan, we're going to get back to Game 6 of the World Series of Big and On Fire. We'll talk a little NFL football. And if we can, sneak in a little NBA, too. we got some teams hot and some teams not. Sounds we'll, good. We'll take a quick break. It's the talkzone.com. Two guys and a mic. Back in 14, 42 seconds. to get back to Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn. And we are indeed back. Final segment here on Two Guys and a Mic, this portion of the TalkZone.com and Two Guys and a Mic, brought to you by Andy's Music Company for all your music rental and retail needs. Check out their website, andysmusic.com. We don't have our sound effect button with us, Jordan, but they do have in stock. Available for rent, the world's largest gong. The largest gong. Gong. That's And again, I normally have my sound effect with me. I'd play that in a second. Yes, but I, you know, that's interesting, I guess. Yeah. The largest gong in the world. Mm-hmm. Now, with and this... the large, I don't know what you call the thing that hits the gong, but it's also the largest the, like, gong. Like me. the gong paddle thing? Yeah, whatever you the call it. The gong stick, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, because I, I would think... See, that's good. That's good. The bodyguard right there. You know what? I would say that that would be a good thing to use if Hideki Matsui was coming to the plate (laughs) in the World Series tonight. If you had the gong, Uh every time he steps in, you hear the PA guy batting next, Hideki Matsui. And then you just... You'd play it again, and you just boomed, gong. Or Kosuke Fukudame when he comes to the plate on the north side of Chicago. Or you could hit it after one of his home runs. Yeah, well, that then, way the gong wouldn't get a whole lot of use. I was just going to say, the gong would be pretty rusty by the end of the year. All right, game six tonight. Going to be a good one. Pedro Martinez, Andy Pettit, the pressure. I love, you know, it's hard, and I think I can speak for most fans. Very few of us had the time to sit down and watch a game from start to finish. I mean, baseball is a long ordeal. But when you do in tonight's game, and certainly if it goes Game 7, would be great opportunities to do that. Baseball is like, I've, I've said this before, like like a fine meal. Like a great meal at a fine restaurant. Where if you savor it slowly and deliciously from first appetizer 
to the little sorbet for dessert. I mean, you watch pitch number one to the end of the game in a game like this, game six. Each pitch is suspenseful. It's it is. slow, but it but it's 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 not it's the opposite of painstakingly slow. It's beautifully slow, and if you get a chance tonight, watch it and eat it up without all the disturbances. I agree, and I think it's a great analogy. I think that baseball is a is a wonderful sport because of the matchups, because of the strategy, because of all the thinking that goes on between pitches. You know, in other sports it might move faster, but there isn't that time to decide and to think and to try to play that chess match against the opponent that there is in baseball. And I think that's one of the great things about it, and I think that's why these pitching matchups are so compelling because you have a future Hall of Fame pitcher potentially in Pedro Martinez and maybe even a Hall of Fame pitcher in Andy Pettit going against lineups that probably have many future Hall of Famers in them on their own right and just the best against the best and what each guy is going to do and how they're going to approach each at bat and how the hitter adjusts to the pitcher and the pitcher adjusts to the hitter and the infielders adjust and the outfielders adjust and all those little idiosyncrasies of baseball, Mm -hmm. what makes it great. And again, it's hard to do on any kind of regular basis. I mean, I don't. most of us, I think, just don't have the time to do that. But you are right. In a game... Six of the World Series, two great teams, the atmosphere at brand new Yankee Stadium. Uh, if you get a chance tonight's the night to do it. It's going to be a lot of fun. And if nothing else, if you're not a Yankee fan, root for the Philadelphia Phillies to win just so you get to savor it all again. There's nothing better than Game Seven of a World Series. Yeah, I mean Game Seven is the best. It's it's who would such, the pitching matchup be? I believe it would be CC Sabathia against probably Cole Hamels. I don't think that's been completely decided yet by the Phillies, yeah. but I believe it would be Cole Hamels. And and that, you just lead me right into a yes. thought that I had. Speaking of Cole Hamels. Yeah, coming that, into, that, that. yeah, I was actually talking about this with a buddy of mine last night. And for those of you that didn't hear about this, Cole Hamels and Brett Myers got into a little bit in the Phillies clubhouse teammates. a day or two ago. They're teammates, yeah, both pitchers on the Phillies. And it stemmed from the fact that Hamels had said to the media that he really wanted his season to be over because he's pitched so poorly and he hasn't had a good year and that he's been very inconsistent and he's very much struggled in the postseason this year for the Phillies. And he had, I guess, blamed last year after the Phillies had won the World Series, he and his wife had done so many public appearances that he was feeling as though he didn't get to put in enough prep time and he was out of shape coming into the season. We have a name for that here in Chicago. Giovanni Soto. No, 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 it's called MDD. MDD? Mike Ditka's disease. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's, that's, that's what a, happened to the 85 Bears. Yeah, uh, that's appropriate, I guess. But I, I, it's, you know, he was, I guess, has just come up with excuses for everything and he, and he wants to be done with the year. So Brett Myers, I then, I, again, I guess had reportedly gone up to Hamels and said, or somebody had asked where Hamels was and he said, I thought he quit for the year or something to that effect, to which Hamels responded with an expletive, and that's where this stemmed from. Now, if you believe what John Cruck said on Baseball Tonight yesterday, again, John Cruck is a former Philly and is basically a Phillies advocate, although pretending to be an unbiased broadcaster on TV right now, (laughs) he said that the whole thing was blown out of proportion and that it's nothing and that nobody's worried about it and that the two are best friends, Mm -hmm. yada, yada, yada. A buddy of mine had said to me yesterday that he thought that Brett Myers shouldn't be saying a darn thing to Cole Hamels because Myers, in his own right, has a very shaky reputation. The fact that he had reportedly beat his wife in the past and all this other stuff and has had some bad press against him and is not one of the top players on the Phillies, so who is he to say anything? 
to me, Brett Myers is right in calling out Cole Hamels for saying that. You're in the World Series, and you're in the biggest games of the season, and this is what you play for. And if you have one of your pitchers who was the ace of your team last year, was arguably the biggest reason that the Phillies won the World Series last year, if you have him coming out and making comments like, oh, I wish my season was over, and I'm so bad, and woe is me, this isn't the time for that. This is the time for you to say, you know what, I haven't performed well, but I'm going to pick it up, and I'm going to put together a performance mm-hmm. that my teammates can count on me for if they have to go to me in Game 7. When I hear comments like this, if I'm Charlie Manuel, the manager of the Phillies, I'm thinking, can I put this guy out there if he's if he's he so be, down on himself? He will be on the – well, Charlie Manuel spoke out in defense of Cole Hamels. He, he did. says Cole's been a great attitude, been a great competitor for him, one of the best. He's coached, but make no mistake about it, if, if they get to Game 7. And if Cole Hamels pitches, he will be on the proverbial short leash. Yeah. Right? I mean, right. But, I mean, it's, it's... You don't look sharp in the first inning. He could be yanked right then. You're right. And it is disconcerting, I, I think, even though you're right. Charlie Manuel did come out and defend his pitcher. But for a guy to make those comments, it really says a lot, in, in my opinion, mm-hmm. of what this guy's mental attitude is heading uh, in you never know. to we this ne- game. We never know either how the, how the right. comments we don't. Said. We don't know, obviously, because we weren't there. But it, it's a comment to me that if it's said, it makes me wonder if I'm a Phillies fan, mm-hmm. whether I can count on this guy if there is a Game 7. And, and, and furthermore, whenever these stories get reported, no matter how much everybody wants to downplay it, I think when there's smoke, there's fire. And when there's a story like this, there must have been some kind of confrontation. And even though I think that the Phillies reportedly have one of the better clubhouses in baseball, you don't want to see a story like this at this point in the year. Chicago Cub ace pitcher Carlos Zambrano was quoted as saying he thinks it's disgusting to see teammates fight like that uh, (laughs) either in front of the TV or off camera. Yeah. He was very upset. Since he gave Michael Barrett a black eye two years ago in June <laughs> as the Cubs were spiraling out of control. Although many argue that it was at that moment when the Cubs turned things around. So mm-hmm. maybe if Hamels and Brett Myers have a steel cage match at some point in the next day or two, it'll help the Phillies propel them to their second straight World Series title. Who knows? Not sure what the temperature's going to be. We do know our official weather person here at TalkZone.com has scientifically told us the weather report will be cold. Is that the scientific explanation? It's called. That is our traffic. Our weather person is also our traffic person. He's also our sports update person. On the limited budget we have, you know, we got to combine duties. But it will be cold out there. In fact, I believe I heard someone say it's so cold that Dick Clark is actually up somewhere preparing for his New Year's Eve show. <laughs> well, Dick Clark can't even feel the cold anymore because his face has been surgically repaired easy. so many Take times. Take it He easy. doesn't even feel the cold winds coming at him. So it's just. It's just, uh, you know, it's one of those things with Dick Clark. I, listen, Dick Clark was great. Love the New Year's Rocket Cheap Eve. shot. It is a cheap shot, Dick but Clark, it's if cool. you're listening, two guys at a mic, that's guy number two, Jordan Burnfield, who made that comment. You can reach him at Burning on Sports. <laughs> that's right. but Man, oh, man. I, look, Firing on a guy past his prime. The, listen, guy's done some great things. He has. But that face... Mm-hmm. hasn't moved in 10 years. It just You notice it every year on New Year's Rock and Eve. Hey, Dick Clark looks the same as he did 10 years ago. Hey, very quickly as I try to get you off the hook here and you're firing on an ancient <laughs> old TV star, one year uh, anniversary, you could call it, of the election of Barack Obama. We're one year into it. Uh, congratulations to Barack. There's been much talk positive, negative. I know on election day yesterday, uh, two 
governors of different states the Republicans did win. But it's one year since we elected Barack. Yeah. Time flies when you're having fun. Yeah, and uh, I think that it's still, you know, you can't really evaluate Barack Obama as of yet. I know a lot of people are going to be doing that. But, you know, let's see how this course goes Mm -hmm. with him as president. Economy struggled, obviously. Let's see where it is three years from now. I would say in baseball terms, Barack has, he's been able to hit the pitch over the plate. When he came to us, we thought he had a better eye. He struggled a little bit with the outside corner and the brushback pitch a little bit. He needs to stand in the plate a little bit strong. It's sort of like when Gordon Beckham came up to the White Sox and went 0 for 13 at the yeah. beginning. We know he has the potential. There you go. Hasn't quite gotten there yet. Yeah. We need to now start seeing the Gordon Beckham of June and July when he was crushing the ball. First time Barack Obama and Gordon Beckham have ever been compared, and hopefully not the last time. Well, Barack is a White Sox fan. So. Absolutely. we got to get out of here. We do appreciate your listening today. Day number three of our brand-new show, Two Guys and a Mic, are in the books. By the way, if you're listening, you can tell people to check in. The shows can be uh, heard via archives and podcasts at any time. Right, David Olson? Hey, you wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning, can't go back to sleep, and you need a company? TalkZone.com. He does a great job with those, by the way. Excellent, Excellent job. Excellent. Thank you for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. It's two guys and a mic. Have a great day, everybody.